and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. Let's jump right into today's topic because, in my opinion, it is foundational to designing your dream life. Because it's true. We become what we think about. The way we think, the stories we tell ourselves, the way we view the world is programmed in our mind at an early age. And unless addressed, it impacts how we view ourselves. And the way we view ourselves impacts how we show up and interact in our communities, which then can directly influence the direction of our lives. For me, this started throughout my adolescence and childhood. I played several different sports, including basketball, volleyball, softball, soccer, even track and cross country. And throughout these team experiences, I found that I was, well, pretty okay (laughs) at all of them. I was competitive. I got playing time. I worked really hard, but I wasn't naturally gifted at anything. Among them all, soccer was always my favorite. I loved playing the midfield position. And if you're not familiar with the different soccer positions, midfielders can basically run all over the field. Their job is to link the team by moving the ball into the opposite side of the field of the defenders, where we then pass it to the team forwards, who then shoot the goal. I loved this position. I ran anywhere I wanted around the field. I threw the ball in when it went out of bounds. I was fast and competitive, and I played with a lot of grit. But one reason why I loved center mid is because I could work hard to help the team win without the pressure that actually comes with being responsible for scoring the goals. Somewhere along the way, I convinced myself that I didn't have enough skill to score. So I stayed within the bounds of my midfielder identity, and as soon as I got the ball, I passed it to another player, someone with more confidence, someone who could score. I have always identified with being a hard worker, but never as the best in anything. Even in school, I got good grades because I studied hard, not because I was smarter. So in group projects, I deferred to other group members to make decisions, and I did the grunt work. I was good at many things, but as I saw myself in soccer, I didn't see myself as being naturally talented. So because I was just a hard worker and not actually good at it, I would default to the people that I deemed better than me. This view of myself transferred even into a work environment. I would sit in meetings and believe that other people had better ideas or more to offer. I would say, just tell me what to do and I'll do it well. But I was never the one that came forward with the ideas because I didn't really trust that what I had to say was of any value. Have you ever heard the poem, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. I love this poem. In fact, Brandon and I had it up on the wall in our first home because the message is simple and clear. Watch your thoughts, for it becomes your destiny. 
At an early age, the thoughts I was telling myself were, pass the ball. You're a grunt worker. You're always second place. Let somebody else do it because they are better, they know more, and we trust their judgment more than our own. Along the way, I had to decide if that's who I wanted to be. Now, the way that we think impacts also the words that we speak, right? Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. The way that I viewed myself meant that I was acting that way in social situations by saying, you decide. I didn't come forward with ideas because the thoughts in my mind were that they weren't going to be good enough. I created this reality for myself because of the thoughts I was thinking. Another example of this is an apple experiment that my boys and I did just this summer. We took two apples and on one apple, we wrote positive words. So words like, you are beautiful, everyone loves you, you taste delicious, thank you for being here, you are loved, you are living in your passion, you know, all of these positive words that my boys and I could think of. And then on the other apple, um, on a piece of paper right underneath it, we wrote negative words. And we said things like, you have worms, you are disgusting, nobody likes you, get out of here. And we said negative words to the negative apple. And then once a day, it wasn't excessive, but once a day, we would walk by the apples in two different corners of the kitchen, and we would repeat the positive or negative words to the apples. And after seven days, just a week on the counter, the results were astounding. So after about three days, it was Wednesday, I think, I looked at the apples and they started to have brown dots, like little divots forming on the outside. The positive apple had one. The negative apple had about five. After a week on the counter, we cut them open. And at first, I didn't think there was too much of a difference. They were sitting out on the counter for maybe five to ten minutes. I came back and I saw the negative apple was basically brown, while the positive apple was still white. Isn't that so interesting? The thoughts that became words impacted the physical reality of the apple. We become what we think about, truly. And the Bible teaches that if we change our thoughts, we can change everything. Our communication, our behaviors, our relationships, etc. This is the way that we were created. The Bible teaches us to take control of our thoughts and challenges us to put life-affirming thoughts front and center. Take a look at these passages from scriptures that reflect this idea. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Take every thought captive. Proverbs 23.7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your thoughts become words. And Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Take every thought captive. 
and then make a choice. What do you want to be experiencing? How do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to be? Science is confirming this too. Dr. Leaf is a neuroplasticity brain science smart <laughs> lady. <laughs> I'll get her exact credentials and post it in the show notes below. But she has been studying the mind-brain connection since the early 1980s. And through their research and clinical experience working with people all over the world, they have developed the geodesic learning theory. And basically what this research-backed idea offers is that the repetitive thoughts that occur on a daily basis affect us. So when your thinking is negative, it affects your demeanor by making the tone of your voice more hostile, your body tense up. Toxic thinking leads to toxic behavior. The reverse is also true. Positive thoughts lead to positive behavior communication, which creates a cycle of further positivity and thinking. And geodesic basically means that it becomes a habit, a thought habit. Negative thoughts become a habit. Positive thoughts can also become a habit. And since you become what you think about, and the Bible teaches us to take our thoughts captive and then choose who we want to be, what we want life to look like, and even how we want to feel, we can create new habits that then will impact our new reality. The beautiful thing is that once we recognize these self-sabotaging or self-limiting beliefs, we can take back our power and work to change them. Now, let me ask you, what are some common things that maybe you were told as a child? Too bossy, too skinny, too loud, too crazy, or maybe something completely different. And then ask yourself, is this really true? And is this who I want to be? Now, for me, I was a hard worker. I wasn't necessarily naturally gifted at soccer, and I worked hard, and that's why I got to play. But when I showed up in business meetings, did I want to always be taking a back seat? No, that's not who I wanted to be today. The cool thing is, is that we truly can become who we want to be. And it starts with changing how we view ourselves. So once you create a list of the things that maybe you were told as a child that you might still unnecessarily be believing today, ask yourself, is this true? And is this who I want to be? But then write a list of who it is you do want to be. What are some qualities and characteristics that you admire in others that you also want to possess? You might not feel like you possess it quite yet. For example, maybe you want to be a fit mom and you are a bit overweight, or maybe you want to be a leader and yet you're feeling a bit insecure and shy. That's okay. The goal right now is to create a list of who you want to be when you show up in the world. How do you want others to view you and how do you want to view yourself? And then you get to create I am statements with those qualities. So I am a fit mom. I am a leader. 
I am confident. I love others. I'm adding value. I know what I'm doing. I'm good at this. Changing the way that I viewed myself impacted how I showed up to my team. I believe that I grew into a leadership role in our business because of the work I did here first. Now, a few things when you're writing your I am statements. Your subconscious does not hear the word no. So do not use negative words. For example, no, don't, not, etc. Your subconscious will, for example, don't think about your grandma naked in the shower. What did you just do? (laughs) Think about your grandma naked in the shower. Don't think about the big elephant in the room. What did you do? Right? You just pictured an elephant in the room. So your subconscious doesn't hear the word don't. It just skips it and goes directly to the thing you don't want. So you want your I am statements to be in full present tense. And another example is you would not want to say, I have no debt because your subconscious just hears I have debt. You want to say, I am financially free. I have overflow. You know, you want to focus on the positive aspect of what you're looking for because that's truly what you want your subconscious to hear. And then what you'll find, you guys, is as you start changing the way that you view yourself and you start changing the thought habits that you have, it will start to impact the physical reality around you, the relationships that you have, how you show up to your work meetings, how you you show up in your relationships. I'm really excited for us all to continue practicing taking our thoughts captive. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means that we all have that choice. So, In the reviews below, or if you're on YouTube, in the comments below, I would love for you to post three I am statements that you are going to commit to saying to yourself consistently over the next three to six months so you can create new thought patterns, so you can create your new physical reality. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. We'll be back next week with some amazing interviews and content. Stay with us. We are just getting started. And remember to dream big. 